Hi, my name is Camille Conti, and welcome back to The Confusion Experiment. I am the author of the book and now host of the brand new podcast that allows me to delve much deeper into the book's many themes. Much of those themes we are dealing with right now, so the timing is pretty perfect. This is episode 22. Confusion is a high state of consciousness. I have to give credit right off the bat to Dr. Michael Beckwith. I was actually thinking about confusion in this way. This is what I love about meditation because you come to realize there's just really one mind happening, right? Like when you're talking to somebody and they say something, you go, oh, I was just thinking about that, right? So that's kind of how it was with Dr. Michael Beckwith, who is just a wonderful, inspirational educator and leader through Agape International online out in California. And he was giving a talk, I think one of his Wednesday night talks, and he said, confusion is a high state of consciousness. And this is something that I came to realize in the confusion experiment, where I meditated for one hour every day for 100 days. I came to understand a lot about my confusion in general, and you can find out all of the 18 findings that came my way as a result of that experiment in the first 18 episodes episodes of this podcast. They're all under 10 minutes long. I highly recommend that you boogie through those 18 findings. It'll give you an excellent introduction to the book and the topics that we're talking about here in the full-length podcast. One of the things that I experienced while meditating for an hour every day for 100 days is my own death. I died to myself. I died to the idea of myself. I died to the identity I had about myself. I died to the way in which I described myself. I died to all of the internal structures, mental, emotional, and sometimes spiritual structures that I had built myself upon, that I had built my sense of my own self upon. And so in the confusion experiment, I went through my own death. But the bulk of the experience, experiment rather, was really my experience in the chrysalis. And this is where we are right now. Because you see, we are, an ex- we're, we are experiencing confusion. We are experiencing chaos because the seeds of change live inside the messy, sacred journey that is confusion and chaos. So always keep that in mind as we're going through what we're going through right now. The other thing to keep in mind is that we are going through something. But in order for us to get on the other side and into the new, we do have to die. And we have been dying, certainly. Hundreds of thousands of Americans have literally lost their lives to complications from COVID-19. So that is a death that is certainly not the death I'm speaking about today. What I'm talking about is we have had to die to ourselves. We've had to die to associating ourselves with our jobs if you lost your jobs, right? I mean, you know what I'm talking about here. We have gone through a lot of little deaths, We've also been looking outside of ourselves and we're seeing the death of a way of living, whether it is the loss of a job, the loss of your business, right? The loss of connection and community because of COVID. Our entire lives have been significantly interrupted, halted 
right? This, this virus jabbed a stick in the wheel of life as we know it, and it has not yet started to roll in a new direction. So we are definitely inside the death of the old, and it is extremely uncomfortable and certainly at times, oftentimes, quite frightening. And it is additionally scary if you don't spend time listening to a show like this where we get to kind of put on a new set of glasses and see things through some different filters. That's what my hope is today, to give you a different set of glasses to look through that might change the way you're looking at things. And certainly when that happens, the things you look at obviously change. Now, the birth of the new way is not yet here, right? This is a time of tremendous opportunity to be discussing the new way. We pretty much have a handle on what isn't working. This is a time for visionaries. This is a time for you and me and you and others, you and your family, your partner, your spouse, to be talking about not just your own individual world, your own individual life, your own individual relationship, your own individual family, and how you want that to be different, better, how you can let go of what no longer has been serving you and embrace the new. It's also an opportunity for us to take that kind of a conversation out into our communities out into our work environment. And I've been doing this assertively and aggressively because I don't want to be a bystander because change is happening. Change is happening. You can absolutely choose to be a bystander, but do it by choice. Don't do it by an unconscious default because your thinking has convinced you that you are without any architectural power right now. Nothing could be further from the truth. You are filled with tremendous potency right now to be a creator and to be an architect, again, not just of your own new way and the new way of your partnership, your friendships, your work life, and your family, but also your community and the greater world, the greater community at large. But what it takes is an understanding of where we are and where we are is in a state of confusion. And today we're going to elevate the definition of confusion to be this high level of consciousness. How could it be a high level of consciousness? We are really told that confusion means you don't know and you're supposed to know. However, because of my experiment and the work I've been doing since the book and with my change class that comes out of my journey into myself, which... I share in detail in that book, The Confusion Experiment, and now here on the podcast, I've come to realize that confusion is misunderstood. As I've said in one of the other episodes, sometimes confusion occurs because we don't have enough information. I I just don't have enough information. I don't have enough data to really know. So I'm in a state of uncertainty or confusion. Sometimes we're confused because we have too much information. Maybe we've gone outside of ourselves because we don't think we have our answer or we just want to get some uh, opinions or insight from people we really value. Then we can end up having too much information. But confusion can also be this very sacred and precious moment that we're in right now where the old is dying and it's collapsing, but the new way has not yet revealed itself, right? So the other thing to keep in mind is during this time of confusion and chaos, there is an underlying order that is seeking to, trying to emerge. That's why to the degree that you're aware and willing to be a participant in all of this, you will offer that underlying order a place to use to emerge through. If you have to, go back and listen to that again because you are 
important in this moment of change. You are critical, in fact, as it relates to the new design for living. Now, we look around, we see what it looks like to cling to the old. It's frightening. Lots of times, I just end up having tremendous compassion for myself and others who are clinging to the old way because they're afraid of the new way. They're afraid they won't be important or seen or equal in the new way. There's all sorts of things that we could say just about why we cling. But the other thing is that something is forming. And again, the question to ask yourself today and in the days to come, do I want to be a bystander or do I want to be involved? Do I want to be a participant in this? Do I want to be a willing, active, mindful, growth-centered, heart-centered participant in this incredible time of change? You know, and you're always going to deal with pushback. This was something that Michael Beckwith said, and and I want to restate this in my own way because I, I totally have been in this idea for quite some time. There's always pushback. That's, that's inherent in change because the old way we know, even if the old way doesn't work, we'd rather stay with what doesn't work because we know it. We know it intimately and it makes us feel comfortable, right? Like, isn't that true? The familiar breeds an, a sense of security and safety, but it also breeds stagnation. This is why sometimes we get stuck in what I call decision paralysis, right? We don't like our jobs. We don't like the relationship, but we know it. We know it well. We can tell the story easily, what is working, but mostly what isn't working. But because we don't know the new yet, and we have the different thoughts we have about change that inhibit our freedom to take a leap into the new, we are stuck. We're stagnant. So this idea of safety and security, that's another thing maybe we can talk about in the upcoming episodes, because I find that when you really look at who's defining safety and security, you may find that it's really not a high value for you anymore. This is something we grew up with, I grew up with. For me, successful living was if you had security and safety. But when your security and your safety is hinged on people and things and structures and formulas outside of you that you don't have any control over, then do you ever really have safety and security? So as you do this inward journey, as you turn towards yourself and do the deep dive to consider all of these things, you end up redefining things like security and safety in a way that matches who you are today, how you think today, and how you want to live today. So there will always be pushback from the outer world, and we are seeing what it looks like. You know, I was looking at these pictures of these young people pulling down these statues. There was one here over the weekend, uh, Christopher Columbus, I, I believe it was in Boston or Baltimore, and wherever it was. And as I saw this statue come crumbling down and the cheers from them, I thought, you know, this is really powerful. Putting aside your thoughts about whether it's right these, this generation, this, this, this group of people, this demographic is saying, hey, you know what? We don't value the things that you have valued all this time. In fact, we're in complete disagreement with these values, and we're going to take them down so we can put our own up. This is revolutionary change, right? Every generation has done this. Every parent has watched their kids push back against what they grew up with as, as we, the young ones, the new generation, seek to find what is true for us. 
So there's the pushback outside of ourselves. But the other thing to look for is the inner pushback, the pushback that comes from within yourself, the resistance that you may experience, be it mentally or emotionally or both, that comes as a as a defense mechanism to the sense of threat that your mind is experiencing when this new way is either being presented or discussed or when the old way is being challenged. Let's, let's just look at this one more time from a slightly different angle. When change is imposed upon you, you often feel resistance even though you have no control over it happening, right? The only thing you ultimately have control over is how you deal with it, how you see it. And that's something we go into great detail in during the Ready for Change course that will be coming up again here in the fall. But when you're dealing with change, perhaps that has been imposed upon you in a larger way, And the change like we're going through right now that involves not just a change because something is collapsing, but a change because there is a push towards a new way. The the defense mechanism internally is resistance. Your mind is saying, oh, no, this can't be right. We don't have a reference point to this. Or your mind is saying, oh, no, this is definitely not right. Look what happened the last time. I mean, it can be even so simple as, you know, maybe something you want to wear or taking a new way to work. When you start to really be observant of your mind's involvement in your day-to-day activities, it is quite remarkable how often it resists. And when you don't question what your mind presents to you, you just unconsciously go along with it. But when you start to say, wait a minute, where is that resistance coming from? Why would I be resisting this? What is within me that is resisting this? What's afraid? Where's the fear that is causing this resistance as a means to protect me from what it doesn't know, right? Really, really powerful contemplation that you have all sorts of time to involve yourself in now. And I highly, highly recommend it. So you have to be prepared for the pushback when you're moving towards something that is not yet in clear view, let alone something you don't have the instructions or roadmap for. See, the time that we're in right now, this high consciousness phase that we call confusion, the chrysalis, the space between, this is an exciting time if you can reconsider it. If you can look at it from a different angle, it can be an extremely exciting time. Not for the mind. I mean, I understand what's going on. Like, the mind is not liking any of this. The mind wants data. It wants facts, figures, evidence, graphs. It wants to know before it goes. So the mind is in great resistance right now because we don't necessarily have a roadmap or instructions. The old way can't give you instructions because the old way, number one, doesn't have the instructions for the new way. That's not possible. It's the old way. The other reason why the old way doesn't have it is because it's crumbling and it doesn't even know that it's dying. So it can't really offer us anything but a perspective to what was and what can be as a result of what was. The thing about change, the thing about the chrysalis experience, the thing about this high state of consciousness that is confusion, it it calls on us to sit still. 
It calls on us to be still mentally and emotionally. If you can meditate and be still, even better, even if it's for 60 seconds a day. Anybody that's been following my work, you know I'm a big fan. I'd rather you do five, one minute, 60 second meditations where you put the clock, you put your phone on for 60 seconds, you sit, you close your eyes, you focus on your breathing, you try to relax your body, you bring your breath all the way down to your belly, 60 seconds is up, you get about your business. I'd rather you do that three, four, five times a day than do 20 minutes of meditation like once a week because so much happens when you do mindful breathing. But going back to this moment of high consciousness that is a state of confusion, it's asking us to listen to our heart because the heart is the architect. The heart is wanting a space back at the table here. The heart knows, but the heart uses a very different language than the mind. The heart goes by feelings, whereas the mind goes by facts. The heart uses instinct and intuition, whereby the mind goes by the past. So when we're in these deep discussions, and the other thing about the state of confusion that is a high consciousness is this, this change is not going to happen by one person. This is no longer like a Gandhi or Mother Teresa moment. This change is coming through community. This change is coming through groups of us. This is coming through growth-centered people. And so any conversations you can get into where you're using questions as a way to probe and explore and contemplate and listen, that's where the fertile soil is. That's where the glimpses of the new way will emerge from. And so we have to really redesign how we're approaching this. We have to let go of the formula that we've been using as the means by which we come to know something, as the means by which we design something, and recognize that even that is no longer serving us. The heart is saying, I want to show you what I see. The heart says, I'm going to show you through feelings. When something feels really good and light and makes you happy and all of those high vibrational qualities, that's a sign from your heart that you're moving towards something that is exactly like that feeling. When things feel heavy or closed or constricted, that's a sign that you're moving towards something that no longer serves you, that perhaps you're stuck in, that perhaps is dying away. Again, this power, this moment, this change is too big to come through just one person. It needs community. So wherever you may see division being sowed, perhaps you'll join me and others and say, no, I'm not choosing division. Perhaps as you hear people on the news or various elected officials or whomever it may be, people in, in religious communities, they're all over the place these days. Speaking division seeking to pit us against each other. I invite you to say no. I don't really care how different we are. You will never be my enemy, and I will never be yours, and I will never let anybody convince me that because we think differently, or because we vote differently, or because we pray differently, or because we love differently, that that equates to us being enemies. No, it simply means we're different. At the core of who we are, we'll always be the same. We're made up of the same stuff. We breathe the same air. The, the same sh sun shines upon us. 
So community is incredibly important right now. And perhaps you're the one that's going to be the center hub of bringing people together. Perhaps you're a visionary. Perhaps you're one of the people who can see. We need those people now. People who can climb to the top of the mountain, so to speak, and look out and describe it. Describe the new way. What does it look like? What does it feel like? How are we acting? Visionaries. It's not their work to be boggled down in the details, right? That's not what's, what's theirs to do. Maybe you're resonating with this. Maybe you're saying, oh, I'm a visionary for sure. These are the people that can see it. Not necessarily know how we're going to get there, but they're important right now. These are the people who are rising up above the density of our human situation and conditions right now and saying, yes, this is all happening, but I see where we could go with this. So if you're that kind of a person, you are so important now and step into that power that you have and activate your ability and your gifts and talents to see what the rest of us can't see. Perhaps you're the detail person. Perhaps when somebody presents this high ideal or this vision that we that you can't see, but they're seeing, perhaps you're the one that takes that and goes, okay, let's break that down now. What, let's talk about this. What about this? How are we going to get there? What hasn't worked? What will work, right? So everybody is needed right now during this time of confusion. That's why it's so important to really listen to shows like this and other shows that help us, as I am doing, listening to other people that help me stay clear in my thinking. I, I'm aware of fear, but I don't want to live there. And I don't want the vibration of fear to dominate my experience. I honor it when it comes up, but this is not a time to be afraid. This is a time to be clear. This is a time to be willing. This is a time to be open. This is a time to see the possibility of not only your own life, but the life of those around you and those with whom you live and work. So, as we come around the bend on this week's episode, I want you to really think about your confusion. And I want you to be mindful of the ways that your mind wants to judge that confusion. And I just want you to put your hand on your heart and just love yourself and love your mind. When your mind says you should know, how come you don't know? All that judgment and condemnation that comes from inside ourselves, that's when I put my hand on my heart and like a, like a child, like a small child, I, I tap my chest and I just go, it's okay. It's okay. I know you're afraid. I know you want to know. I know we don't know. I know that doesn't make you feel comfortable and safe and secure, but, but it's okay. You know, I've got this. If you can practice doing that on a regular basis, when you feel anxious, when you feel afraid, when your mind tries to present a worst case scenario, if you bring comfort and compassion to yourself, it will do two significant things fairly rapidly. One, it will bring compassion to something that you're actually experiencing versus pushing it away and denying it or judging it and not embracing it as part of your structure, so to speak. The other thing that it does is it makes you realize you're not that. You're not that thought. You're not that thing. You're not that energy space, right? You're bringing compassion to something means you're not that thing, which allows you to acknowledge what you really are, which is the higher version of that, the one that perhaps is driving, the one that perhaps does see, the one that perhaps is willing to sit in the sacred mess of confusion and chaos because you know 
You know what this is. See, that's what my hope is with this podcast, is to help people know truly at the core of it what confusion really is, because it is a potent, fertile, and sacred time. And we don't want to rush through this. The mind does, because it's very uncomfortable for the mind to be confused. The heart doesn't even see it that way. But we don't want to rush through this time. We will never be here again. This is a time to go 360 in your, in your, in your vision, in your, your openness, right? This is a time to look around. We're walking through a field right now. There's a lot of stuff we don't need. There's a lot of new stuff, though, that's coming up and trying to get our attention. So to the degree that you're willing to let go, let go, let go of that thought, let go of that judgment, let go of that belief, let go of that person, as you just continue to trust and let go, You are not only healing yourself, but you're raising your own vibration. You're making yourself lighter, which allows you to be more available to your own intuition and your own instinct, which is trying to communicate with you all the time. Because life is always seeking to emerge. Life is always seeking its own self-expression. And so though it can be extremely difficult to be in the news, it can be extremely difficult to be in the headlines and the stories. And and believe me, I have to take my break too, because when I don't, I end up getting stuck in the effects, in the conditions, in the situations. And when I'm fully there, I can't be anywhere else. If I am in the problem, in the, the condition, talking about the situation, that's fine. But if I stay there, then I never allow myself to turn away from it long enough to be open to, okay, well, what's the possibility of that? What's the potential solution to that? What might be a small next step that we could take that would move us out of that into something else? Even if we don't know what the something else is, sometimes just taking the step away from what isn't so you can be available for what the next step might take you towards is all that we really, really need. So my hope is that as we arrive here at the six-month mark of this outrageous year, 2020 will be the WTF year. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, wow. We'll We'll be on our rocking chairs in years to come going. And you remember 2020? Oh, my gosh, right? So to wrap up, a few applicable strategies. Number one, see your confusion with compassion See this chaos with compassion. Number two, try to redefine your own confusion and the chaos and confusion that you see around you. Try to mindfully look at it from this perspective that it is a high state of consciousness. When there's confusion, when there's uncertainty, when there's chaos, try to go, oh, right, this is the chrysalis. This is the messy, sacred part where something is dying so something can be born. Oh, right, this is the messy, sacred part where the seeds of change are nestled, even though we don't quite yet see that change. I know it's in here right? That helps you redefine and change your relationship to confusion and chaos. Then you get to be an example to help those around you. And lastly, of course, always put your practices in use, whatever they may be. Maybe it's exercise, going for a walk, rolling out the yoga mat, mindful breathing, meditation, prayer, inspirational reading, find people online that are raising your own vibration and and inspiring you, drinking lots of water, eating healthy foods, making the kind of connections that you're able to and remain healthy. Whatever your practices are, lean into them. 
lean into them because then they will lean back into you and you will be able to be like a blade of grass, like my friend says, be like a blade of grass, you know, this idea where you're just pliable, you're flexible, you can bend and move with the winds of change while keeping yourself anchored and centered in a truth that is untouched by all this chaos and confusion. And when you really do the deep dive, when you really practice meditation, you understand that that centered place is actually the real you, the you behind the you, the mind behind the mind. It's a very intimate, mystical and sacred experience. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you haven't had a chance to go back to last week's show with Kokai Nosekere, I highly recommend that interview with him. It was absolutely enlightening and educating. And of course, the 18 findings that exist as the precursor to this, the fuller and longer version of the confusion experiment. You can absolutely rate, review, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts. I really appreciate the rate and review. And when you subscribe, the weekly podcast comes into your phone as a text every Monday, which is kind of nice because sometimes we don't remember our favorite podcast. So it's nice to have them come to us when that happens. Again, thanks so much for listening to the show. Take good care of yourself and I'll see you next week.